Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 50 for subscribers of news of the day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Couple of things. Uh, first of all, I don't know if people saw this. If you're a subscriber, you've already heard um, our interview with Dr. Hirschhorn, but this gave us a strike on YouTube. So we held off on putting it in the free feed. We put it in the in the subscriber feed at first, and it doesn't look like we've gotten taken down from any of our premium platforms. So we are going to put that in the free feed tomorrow. So you're going to want to listen for that. We also have a couple of treats. I think we're going to put the um, hemp cast in the free feed on Saturday. And then we have uh, lots of stuff, of course, as always for the premium feed, some guest spots and really, really good stuff. So you're going to want to check us out over the weekend. And what's most fun. Oh, by the way, that thing about Hirshhorn, he got taken off. He got us a strike on YouTube. He testified. This was for medical misinformation. It said he testified as a medical expert to Congress 50 times. (laughs) So I don't know what their argument is. I could probably fight it, but anyway, we just let it ride. Uh, But I want people to come give me a little moral support because I'm going to do a locals live at five Friday cocktail making lesson. So I imagine it will be messy and ridiculous, but I'm pretty sure you can at least watch it even if you're not a paying member. So if you just register at Locals, it's properport.locals.com. Hopefully you can join me on that live stream. So I'm going to teach y'all how to make a Boston sour, how to make those egg whites creamy. What do you think of that? Well, that sounds like (laughs) something I've been wanting to learn for a long time. I have the creamiest egg whites. (laughs) All right. All right. So beat that. Well, I'll try to. I don't know if we're going to be able to top the creamiest egg whites. However, there is a Georgia Tech professor who, you know, gives me something to be proud about because I am a Georgia Tech fan. We've been talking about how Gen Gen Z has kind of turned left, according to the polls over the past 20 years. Well, a Georgia Tech professor has clearly had enough of the COVID-related wokeness of some of his students, and he has adjusted his course syllabus in an attempt to weed these students out before the course ever starts. The professor's name is John McEwen. He's a math teacher at Georgia Tech. Imagine that. His syllabus is broken up into two sections. One is titled Stuff, which is the content of the math class, everything related to the books and everything. The other is titled Non-Stuff. And in the very introduction of the syllabus, he says, if you have any questions related to the non-stuff section of this syllabus, then don't take my course. Drop out now and you don't need to be in here. And then he goes on to say that he is like the glitch in the matrix. And if you want to maintain the illusion of the matrix and keep the wool pulled down (laughs) tightly over your eyes, then you should avoid people like me. That's how, say that one more time. He's the cat in the matrix. He's the cat, remember? Yes, yes, the cat, exactly. And here's what that section said. It's very short, it's awesome. If you're sick, stay home. Don't pass what you've got around to others. If you want an instructor who is hysterical concerning the scamdemic, please, I'm not your guy. I would hope you're not going to complain about me not wearing a mask. I hope you're not going to complain about me not being injected with experimental pharmaceuticals. A little bit of critical thinking would save you from such pitfalls. Holy cow. Right? 
that's in the syllabus. So if you're taking that course and you read that, then don't take the You've course. You've opted in. Yes. Yeah. So how did this story come into the news? Because students who are taking the course are complaining about the syllabus. Maybe they didn't read it ahead of time like they should have, but an unnamed student has come out and said that for students, we're just trying to learn and make it through. Free speech is important, but it doesn't mean freedom of consequences. And then he said that some students are thinking about dropping the course over this syllabus, which I'm sure the professor would be thrilled if they did. Yeah, but why didn't they not take it like he Bec told them? Because but they didn't probably, read the syllabus? They're, yes. As a matter of fact, when I showed up, on the, I transferred to Harvard as a junior from a community college. And when I showed up the first day and the professor said to look at the syllabus, I literally, I was a junior in college at Harvard. I looked at the chick next to me and I said, what's a syllabus? Yeah. So <laughs> I didn't read the syllabus. Yeah. I don't um, think students usually read the syllabus, but in this case. I would have. I mean, anyway, but the, it was probably an entrepreneur. That I, is exactly what I thought. It was somebody who might have taken yeah. the class specifically yeah. to go in there and be disruptive. I think Hans Hermann Hoppe had been, I don't know if he was suspended or what, but he was at the University of Nevada or Las Vegas, Nevada, whatever. And I think that's where Murray Rothbard also taught. And he said something about how gay couples don't have the same like investment horizon because they don't have kids. And this was considered homophobic. And it was long before that was like, oh, of course, like everybody has kids. And I think he had to take a year off. I can't remember the exact details, but the person in his class, I always thought was somebody who was there to cause him trouble. Cause it's not confidential. Right. I'm just imagining this guy trying to teach his course and students complaining left and right over him, not wearing a mask or him not freaking out because somebody tested positive and he just had enough of it. That's so great. Good for yeah. him. That's clearly a man with tenure. <laughs> so, so, all right. So I heard a story today on the news, which I sounded very false flaggy to me. I don't know if it was, I haven't cracked the code on it, but it is the headline was Ukrainian soldier killed five in a rampage at military factory. So in the East, not in the way east of Ukraine, where they have the Russian, quote, separatists, but kind of in the east, I think they're drafting people into the army, including potentially women. So I believe this kid, a 21-year-old serviceman, because it says he was called up to learn how to defend his country and take care of security, not shoot at his colleagues. So, but he he killed five people, the story says, and injured five more. It was at a plant that works with the Ukraine State Space Agency to produce rocket and airspace technology, including missile systems and space launch vehicles. So that was kind of weird. And I don't know if you heard in the yesterday there was like a shooting at an ER. And I wondered if like the the mass shooting terror stuff will move from schools to ERs, scare the olds. I don't know what, but you know, it is shooting season. So I figured they're, they're doing something. And I had one more little note on Ukraine, which is uh, my favorite guy, whatever my favorite um, <laughs> international statesman at this time, the Russian foreign minister, Sergei Lavrov has confirmed that Moscow received a written response from the U S 
in response to their request for assurances over NATO expansion. He was disappointed. He said that he didn't get what he was looking for. He, he said the main issue is their clear position that it is unacceptable to expand NATO further to the east. And they also are concerned about highly destructive weapons that could threaten the Russian territory being too close to their borders. And he went on to kind of <laughs> give a little dig, I think, because he's funny, that he said, well, this is a confidential response that they gave us. They asked us not to release it, so I'm not going to release it. But since they also claimed that it was the unanimous response of all of NATO, and there are 30 countries in NATO, I can't imagine that it's not going to be leaked real soon. So we shall see. I just think that's funny because he's like, yeah, whatever. If it's leaked, it's not us. But if it's leaked, it probably is them. <laughs> so I just, I just think he's funny. Um, but I also think that there is... So what... So I continue to believe that the reason for all of this is to get Russia and Germany to reduce their relationship regarding gas. Germany gets half of its gas from Russia. Germany has a higher reliance on gas than other countries because it's winding down nukes and coal. And Germany's highly industrial, so they use more energy. And this North Stream South, uh, North Stream 2 pipeline is supposed to be coming online very soon. And I think, and the only thing that's going to keep Germany from accepting it is if Russia invades Ukraine. So I think we're doing everything we can to try to get Russia to invade Ukraine or to try to get a plausible story that Russia is going to invade Ukraine. And I think the only thing that would get Russia to invade Ukraine, and I don't even think it would, is if Ukraine actually joined NATO, which would be a really, really provocative thing. And if I meant to look up what it takes to join NATO, if they need a unanimous decision on that, I don't think they would get that from Turkey and Croatia. I don't think they would do it. So I don't know how this is going to pan out. I, I just... I mean, Russia said they would never use the gas as a weapon. They'd never, I, I think it would be the opposite of what they would do to retaliate by saying to Germany, we're not giving you the gas. I think every that Russia wants to give Germany the gas. So I, I, I think it's brinksmanship. And, um, but I wouldn't like to be there to see that because apparently we've got a bunch of mercenaries over there doing some very, uh, flamboyant military activities and posting it on Instagram. That that'll be the story for maybe next week. Yeah, there was a story about how we're not going to move forward with Nord Stream two if they invade Ukraine. And there's another story related to the Ukraine Russia crisis where the headline is this: "It's a joke. Germany's offer of five thousand helmets to Ukraine is met with disdain." So they sent him 5,000 helmets, and Ukraine's like, that's all you got? I mean, the U.S. sent us this arsenal of weapons. Oh, well, I think that's because what they're – everybody's saying, oh, Germany, you're not doing your part. Why won't you sanction Russia? Why won't you just sign off on Russian sanctions? It's like, well, Germany's like, because it's half of our gas supply. That's what you want from us. You you don't have to do that. They the UK and the US are sending tons of military stuff over to Ukraine. What Ukraine wants from Germany is to sign off on that agreement. But yeah. That Ukraine story of the guy who shot five guys, killed five guys. Yeah. I think it was five. I'm kind of waiting for that to be like, well, he was radicalized by Tucker. Oh, yeah, Carlson. totally. 
Oh, absolutely. Yes, because we keep being told that it's a false fl- that a false flag is afoot, and I think it's going to be a false false flag. So maybe Double it'll false. come out that he was a Russian separatist or a Russian plant. I mean, absolutely. Like we should not that that's a weird thing to happen, and it's making headline. You know, absolute top of the hour headlines. Yes, I absolutely expect that to have good. Thank you for pointing that out. Absolutely expect that to have some uh in part two tomorrow kind of like the monkey story like why would you tell me the story about a woman who touched a monkey and is under observation and then the next day is like oh she's sicker than ever and blah 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 like you know they tell you the first part of the story before the interesting part comes up like they know there's a punchline before they tell you they know there's a punchline of course yeah well an atlanta police chief is promoting a new way to catch criminals that he says is a game changer. Atlanta, and I'm sure this is going to be spreading across the country if it hasn't already, they've upgraded their city's video surveillance system and this new technology, which they recently showcased it. It can integrate the city's business, the city cameras, and residential cameras. So city, business, and residential cameras can all be integrated no matter what system the cameras run on, and it can be done in real time. This new, this is like Batman. It's like sitting in the Batcave <laughs> with all of the cameras there, and you can just feed anybody's stream into your video screen. And this new technology, it's called Fusus, F-U-S-U-S. It can also send video from nearby cameras to officers in patrol cars so they know exactly what a scene looks like before they get there. And the police chief said that in about a year, this Fusus program could give the Atlanta PD access to 30,000 real-time cameras and share multiple video feeds of different parts of the city. The police chief then goes on to tell citizens of Atlanta that they can register their video doorbells and businesses can register their video cameras for free. And they give a website where they link to and, He does go on to say that he wants to be clear that this is not them just peering into anybody's system, that you have to give the police ability to do so so that they can do it, to which I would say tell that to the hackers who now know that this this capability is available. Well, plus there, I I remember covering this. Was it called Shield? Did you say that? Shield? No, it's called Fusus, F-U-S-U-S. Shield is in Avengers. No, no, there was one called Shield, and it was... I remember, and it was out of Atlanta, so maybe they changed the name or whatever, but I remember thinking like what they did was their whole point was to get people to voluntarily plug their stuff into that surveillance system, but it's just like person of interest or it takes all the private videos. And I don't know if you know that raises issues about surveillance, but for me, it kind of underscores my position that if the government has the surveillance See, now, maybe that is an end run around it. So I say if the government puts the camera up, everyone should be allowed to see it. And they don't let that happen. Like a cop's lapel cam or dash cam, there should be dedicated live streaming 24-7 URLs on every single one of them, even when they're off. So you can really get the full, full context of everything. And if they're allowed to have those cameras without having to get a warrant, then that's de facto public information and we should, or perforce, we should be able to access that. But if they're using private stuff with the private consent of the camera owner, 
then maybe for their purposes only, then maybe they're relieved of any expectation that it's public. I think that's interesting. I'm going to keep an eye on that. Yeah, me too. And I'm going to look for similar systems to pop up. We also, we know about the one that came up in Chicago a couple of years ago attached to the Jesse Smollett case, which nobody talked about. They tested a surveillance system, a smart surveillance system in Chicago that could tell who people are by the way that they walk their gate. Yes. Gate recognition. Yes. That was in total information awareness under Bush. That is in Wikipedia under a system that they supposedly shut down, but of course they didn't. I remember that. That's, you know, that's whatever, 20 years ago. Yeah. What about bioweapons? Oh, no, we're going to go the March on Washington. I just wanted to point out that the March on Washington to protest the vaccines happened earlier this week. I believe we know some people who went there, voluntary vixens, I believe, at least one of the vixens were there. But I wanted to give you the headlines of how it was reported. Okay, so thousands march in Washington against the COVID vaccine mandates. Now, that's kind of just a more neutral headline. Now, here are the ways that the media reported this pretty much across the board. Insurrection by other means. The far right is using anti-vax sentiment to radicalize Republicans. So there's, there's one take on it. Here's another take. Proud Boys returned to D.C. this time for massive anti-vaccine rally. So it's about the Proud Boys and you know, domestic terrorism. The March for Life and anti-vax protests together show a deadly new direction for the right. That's what I was going to say, is that the Right to Life march is always on or around January 22nd. Get finished. I was going to make a point about that. Pro-lifers, RIP, the pro-death movement is born. Yeah. That's how, that's how they portrayed this. Yeah. March. They've been trying to hijack that, too. Like, what, what was the thing about life? Um, there's a, there, they, I think that M. Ron Ahmad hijacked the life thing. I think maybe it's a gun control. I can't remember. No, no. I th- I guess it's a pro-vax thing. Is pro-vax is yeah. pro-life. Mm-hmm. I think that's how they're trying to do it. Yeah, that's very interesting. I think it's kind of a bummer that the that the anti-vax protest was around the same time, if not apparently on the same day as the March for Life. Like they, that's the right and the left kind of hijack that and subdue the March for life. They don't talk about it on Fox and it's usually tens of thousands of people. It's really a big March. And I just feel like I don't like it that they, they should have separated the vax thing from that because it, and and those MAGA hat kids, they were there for that. And that's why there were provocateurs there to make rights lifers look bad. And that kid really put Savannah Guthrie in her place. Uh, So anyway, I had a couple of, COVID things, if you want to hear them, if you, if we have a minute, uh, just a minute. So the, apparently this, I thought was hilarious. There was a new study put out that the Omicron variant evolved in mice, which a tweet pointed out, if it evolved in mice, then what was the point of everybody getting a vaccine? And, and the freaking article said it jumped from humans to mice, rapidly accumulated mutations conducive to infecting that host, then jumped back into humans. <laughs> I think that's funny. Um, anyway, I would call that an, a black swan event. So, yeah. um, or another black swan event. Ha ha. 
So then they're also talking about a new strain of COVID that's a lot like MERS. And I just want people to be cautious when they read about that. This is a strain that they've been aware of or talking about for at least since 2015. And they say that it has 85% identical genetic material as MERS. And I would just like to point out that human beings and chimpanzees have 98.8% identical genetic material. So I'm not even sure that it it it's a it is a virus if it's only got 85% genetic material of the other thing. But anyway. Uh oh, and, and that, I just want that to made st- me think of something. That made me think of the story that came up yesterday that the oldest male chimpanzee in the US died at age 63. I guess yesterday oh. or the day before, and they threw in to the headlines of this who had just tested positive for COVID. That's Maybe they vaccinated why. him. Possibly. Yeah. So I uh, just wanted to point out something I've been thinking about with the lab leak theory. I've probably said this before, but I just, it bugs me. The lab leak theory is a cover up for what I think is one of the two most likely explanations for what COVID really is. COVID to me is either a, a, a radiation sickness from like 5G or whatever, or it's a bioweapon where they gain a function itself was the fact that it could actually infect other people. Like it's a contagious vaccine or whatever. And the, when they keep saying, well, this leaked out of a lab, how do you know? Well, because it has the earmarks of artificial Um, gain of function. It has all this like non-naturally occurring stuff in it. And I'm like, well, okay, but then the question, it shouldn't be, did it leak out of a lab, but is it a bioweapon that was used against us by the Chinese and the Americans? So then people say, yes, it was a bioweapon. It was used by the Chinese. It's like, well, the Chinese and the Americans were planning this thing out shoulder to shoulder in October, 2019 at event 201. And, um, and I think maybe there's a chance that that's why there's this idea out there, which may be true. I don't know that the that that SARS-CoV-2 has not been mapped genetically. Like they they don't show the genetic map of it. And I would say maybe they don't show the genetic map of it because it would be very clear that it's a bioweapon. Uh, so I don't know, but I just wanted to throw that out there. I consider the lab leak the- theory a cover up for the bioweapon unleashed on purpose theory. Yeah, I think ultimately it's, you know, I don't know if it'll be 10 years or 20 years that we will find out that it was some sort of bioweapon released intentionally. Okay, so there's been a discovery, a breakthrough, and I've seen this reported across multiple. What's up? Should we? uh, Okay, I was going to maybe. No, we can can go on. I can save that. I'll save that. We can tease that for the uh, the XR, the the breakthrough discovery in science. (laughs) Okay. Yet another one. Well. We still have our deepest dive of the day where I'm going to give you a real life example with details of clarifying, exemplifying, proving my deep dive of the day the other day where we talked about the root causes of immigration. And in the XR, we are going to talk about a new condom that performs so well that some men say it feels well don't give away the punchline <laughs> sorry oh my gosh i'm sorry i didn't have the uh i didn't have the tease written out i was just reading it from the um there's a you know, new another new breakthrough in science related to that as well okay sorry and the military 
some whistleblowers in the military are revealing the truth about vaccine injuries. Sorry, I didn't see that in the uh, in the timekeeper in the promos. Okay, but before we get to all that, I want to give a big thanks to the sponsor of today's show, LibertyGear.net. We know and love our good friend and patron saint, who is the mind and funny bone behind libertygear.net, where he has funny stuff. He has irreverent stuff. He has stuff that probably goes too far for me. And he also has stuff that he will make for you. If you have something, you know, a cool idea that you can give to your family. It can be kind of embarrassing to make them a customized t-shirt and then you force them to wear it. I love that. I had <laughs> I had them. I had him put a picture of my son as a werewolf hunter and then I bought one for my brother, George, the friendly truck driver and my mom and they wear it and it's hilarious. So, I feel like it was funny because you know, you're making them wear this thing. That's kind of funny. Anyway. So I love that. He's such a great guy and hopefully he'll be at the locals live at five on Friday with his humor. He posts a lot on properport.locals.com and he is the mind and heartbeat behind dppdiscord.com. So thank you, Ism Kant. And please, if you need a t-shirt or a mask, or you want to just amuse yourself, go to libertygear.net. And if you want to support our sponsors, then please do support him, but also support us directly here on Rockfin. If you are watching this live, then you are seeing a live feed from Rockfin. And uh, at Rockfin, it's a fantastic platform. We give all of our XR material here, our DNB XR, our interviews, XR extended release interviews, any video we do, we have to put it here because when we put it on YouTube, we get striked and stuff. Um, but so you can find all of that here and you also get the great deep dives where Pinkley does succeed in triggering me. Hopefully I can absorb that blow and you don't have to be triggered. You can just be amused, but really it's a, an exercise in seeing the future because he pulls out the clips of the CFR, the Brookings institution, even the joint, uh, task force on various things like, uh, mind control and remote soldiering and stuff like that. So we've got a lot in the hopper too, like already on the show. So if you join Rockfin today, you can go watch all of our previous deep dives, but you can also get all the material from all the other creators. So it's a great platform. Check it out. Rockfin.com slash propaganda report. And with that on to the last, well, I would say the last big story and it is the last big story, but it is also the deepest dive of the day. So here, here's what I saw. It, it was an activist post article, but it ends up that it was just completely drawing from a CNN article. And I'm not trying to bust activist posts. I just cannot believe that this came out in that. This was really an, a CNN expose and um, have an idea of why maybe, but it's just too cynical. I'll save that for the end. This is what it said. It, it was about Afghanistan. And I don't know, are, are, do you have any idea how awful it is in Afghanistan right now? People are absolutely starving to death. I really, I had absolutely no idea. It's, let me read the stats. Afghanistan has risen to the top of the International Rescue Committee's 2022 emergency watch list as it nears economic collapse and the breakdown of virtually all basic services. 
The United Nations Development Program predicts that in just a few months, and this was just released in January, a staggering 97% of Afghans could be living below the international poverty line of $1.90 a day. Only 2% of Afghans have enough food to eat, with 9 million people at risk of famine, including a million children at risk of starvation. I mean, you understand we've been in that country for 20 years. Like that is our legacy. What we did in those 20 years, we said it was nation building. It was clearly nation destroying. And I'm not saying it was anything to speak of before that, but it was something to speak of in the 40 years ago. You can look at pictures of Afghanistan from like 1978 or whatever it was, where they're just wearing secular clothes. They look freaking normal. And it was a it was a secular, highly socialist, like allied with Russia and Brzezinski and Jimmy Carter activated Osama bin Laden and Osama's Afghans to uh, destabilize Afghanistan and draw the Soviet Union in to the quagmire they then did experience. So that so Charlie Wilson's war acts like we were it was a response to the Soviet invasion. Brzezinski admitted that it was intentional. That is unbelievable. So for 40 years, we have destroyed that country, probably because of its uh, important geographic location, east-west divide, its connection to Russia, its location. Um, so anyway, they what they said was uh, that this is in CNN. It actually goes through and says how all of this is a result of our actions, our actions, our continuing actions. And while I could say the other day that we just generally destabilize countries, um, break down their prisons, release their terrorists, uh, take down their secular regimes, because those are the only regimes we take down are secular regimes over there. I mean, uh, you can just go through the list from Afghanistan Iran, Syria, um, Egypt. I mean, we were trying. If we didn't succeed and succeed in all of them, Libya. I mean, really, you name it. Anyway, so what they said was that we, following the Taliban takeover in August, when we left, Western states froze all development aid. That was seventy-five percent of the Afghan's government's budget. 75% of the government budget. So many, and it's probably a socialist country where everybody works for the government. Many civil servants, including doctors and teachers, have not been paid since August. You don't get paid, you can't eat. Western powers froze almost $10 billion in Afghan assets. These are the central bank's assets that exist in foreign banks, the vast majority of which is in the U.S. Plus, sanctions on the Taliban have been basically de facto bans on private sector engagement with the government. Even though there are exemptions for humanitarian activity, it's very hard to navigate that stuff. So what they and and the foreign aids is 40 percent of their GDP is foreign aid that is frozen. So I'm not a fan of aid, but we've been there for 20 years. We destabilized the country 40 years ago. If we left them in that state, that is on us. And anybody who voted for or orchestrated this stuff should be either prosecuted or sued or whatever. But here was the the money. The guy, this is a quote from the CNN article. It says, there is an obvious moral rebuttal 
to letting ordinary people starve in an effort to deny political credit to a regime. So he's saying you can obviously uh, um, blame the U.S. for bringing Afghanistan to the brink so that the Taliban has egg on its face. Like that is bad enough. But he says there's also a political and practical problem here. The prospect is not just the mass misery of those people, but, and here it is, more desperate people fleeing to Europe, as well as neighboring states, and as well as an indelible state on the reputation of the U.S. and other Western countries. So he says right there that the problem is when you drive a country to that, you spread, in some countries it's terrorism, in some countries it's uh, impoverished refugees, our, this is an absolute example of our economic and political activity and military activity resulting in the people being forced. You think they people wanted to leave Afghanistan already? Now, with 98% of the population starving, yeah, I mean, it, it, that is why that is the root cause of immigration. And I will tell you in the XR, the five things we could do to address that root cause of immigration that has nothing to do with bringing the World Economic Forum in there like Biden and Harris would like to do. So I'll continue to the XR. What? You don't want to bring the World Economic Forum in? <laughs> I'm, uh, that, that, that is not my first, that's not plan A, if you ask me. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up unless we have any shout outs today. Yeah, actually, I have a couple of quickies. One is my propreport.locals.com tomorrow at five o'clock my time, eight o'clock your time. The uh, tomorrow night at 10 o'clock p.m. in Long Beach is in Long Beach, Southern California, is the higher side chat tinfoil hats combo meetup. So if you're anywhere in South Carolina, Southern California, and you're younger than I am, then you should go that. <laughs> go to that. You can look it up at meetups.com slash events. And then I also wanted to encourage people to check out Agorapulco, A-G-O-R-A-P-U-L-C-O.com. And that's going to be next weekend in Mexico. And it looks really cool. It, it's got a lot of like wellness stuff and you're going to find people who are like-minded. It's, it looks like a really cool event. So I just, um, telling people if they, you know, if they, if they can move quickly, it's next week in Mexico, agorapulco.com. Fantastic. All right. Well, you guys can find your drive time news blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform with the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to the extra content that Monica was telling you about, you can go to propreport.locals.com, patreon.com slash propaganda report, and rockfin.com slash propaganda report, where you will see the XR here in a moment live. We will talk to you guys next time or in the XR. Have a fantastic rest of your day.